Ahoy! Welcome to the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Sunday, August the 18th of 2021. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, the practicing podcaster tour. Thanks. Thanks for joining me today. I'm glad you're here. Today, according to nationaltoday.com, is, uh, this one's strange. Today is Dying to Know Day. I'd never heard of this, and it sounded pretty silly, but you know, like a lot of things, I just decided to stop and take a look. And it's put on by some organization called the Groundswell Project, which is in Australia. And according to their website at www.thegroundswellproject.com, I'll link to that in the notes, the Groundswell Project works with individuals, organizations, and communities to improve how people in Australia die, care, and grieve. They run educational workshops, develop innovative programs, and advocate for a better end-of-life experience for all. Well, that's that's a worthy cause. Apparently, this group read a book called Dying to Know, Bringing Death to Life, and it was written by Andrew Anastasios, and it's described as a quirky self-help book about death and dying. And I'm trying to find a copy, but they're hard to find. It it sounds interesting. After reading the book, Dying to Know, Bringing Death to Life, the Groundswell Project decided to dedicate an entire day to destigmatizing the topic of dying and educating others on how to die in a way that stays true to themselves and to their wishes. I guess I'm kind of sensitive to this right now because Jan and I are going through some estate planning, end-of-life type planning issues. My father died last year in in May of 2020. He didn't die of COVID, but COVID sure did complicate things. He died basically from old age. He was 91, and things just started to, to give way. But he was in a rehab facility, and we couldn't go in and see him because of the COVID restrictions. So we couldn't get a clear gauge of his health and how he was doing. And it wasn't good. But through some miracles and a little bit of legwork, we were able to get him discharged to hospice. And he came home to my sister's home in in Atlanta. And we were with him for just a few days. And then he died. Died on May 25th, Memorial Day of 2020. And he died peacefully. But I didn't expect that. I I didn't see that he was that ill that he was going to die. And that's, of course, because we couldn't get in to see him. Well, anyhow, his his estate was fairly simple. And my sister, BJ, bless her, she, she took care of everything and um, got everything taken care of. Dad had a will, so it was clear what his wishes were. And he had a modest estate. He didn't own any property. didn't have to go through probate. So it was it was simple. And then in looking at, at what might be my estate, Jane's estate, when we're done, it's not so simple. And and I want it to be as easy, we want it to be as easy for our heirs when we die as it was when dad died. So we're, we're facing that and we're trying to make some decisions. And it's hard. I mean, the first thing is we got to get rid of all the junk in the house because I just feel sorry for anybody who has to clean this place out when we're gone. <laughs> I promise family members, we're working on that. We are. It's, it's like the first item on my list of retirement duties is clean out 
the house. Get rid of the crap because nobody wants it. I don't even want it. I've got stuff that's been hanging around for 30 or 40 years. I don't know why I've got it. It's got to go out. I guess the point is that we do want to face our end with uh, with just the knowledge that it's going to happen. We are going to die. We don't know when, don't know how, but it's going to happen. And we're just trying to make things as easy as possible for those who come after us. So family members, if you listen to this, just know that that's our desire. <laughs> and And we need to talk about it. When we're together, we need to talk about our end of life plans. We just do. Dad wouldn't. We need to do that. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. I got that out there. Today is also drive to Louisville, Kentucky day, especially for me, because I have been given once again, an all expenses paid trip to Louisville, Kentucky from Sunday to Friday of this week. So I'm facing about seven and a half hours of windshield time in front of me, starting about one o'clock this afternoon during which I may record parts of Monday's podcast. I might. I have some ideas about that. I mean, I've got seven and a half hours after all, and I can only entertain myself with podcasts and bad singing for so long. So we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll wait until Monday and unveil that. We have an interesting word today. Our word today is consanguineous. That's right, consanguineous. It's spelled C-O-N-S-A-N. G-U-I-N-E-O-U-S. Consanguineous is an adjective that means of the same blood or origin. Specifically, it means descended from the same ancestor. And here's the word used in a sentence. Bertrand felt just as close to his adopted brother Albert as he did to his two consanguineous siblings. Why do we need the word consanguineous? Five syllables to mean brother or cousin or something. I, I don't know. But apparently we do. And we've got it. And I rest easy. I sleep well at night knowing that when I need that term, I'll be able to pull it out of my pocket and say consanguineous. And I hope that you rest easy in that knowledge too. So try using consanguineous in at least one chapter of your autobiography. I know I will. Today's special birthday is an actor, Dustin Hoffman, born in Los Angeles, California, on this day in 1937. Happy birthday, Dustin. I did not send a birthday card. The movies that I remember Dustin Hoffman in uh, are his early movies, uh, and I've got a list of them here. So starting in 1967, The Graduate. I don't think I saw The Graduate when it first came out. I was a little young. I would have been about 14 years old, maybe 15 if it came out late in the year. But I did see his next movie, Midnight Cowboy, when it came to the theaters. His next one was John and Mary. I don't recall seeing that. But I did see Little Big Man, released in 1970. And I saw Straw Dogs in 71. Did not see Alfredo Alfredo. Uh, I did see Papillon, 1973. I don't think I saw Lenny, which was about Lenny Bruce, 1974. Jan and I did see All the President's Men, 1976. Saw Marathon Man in 76. Did not see Straight Time, 78, but we did see Kramer vs. Kramer, 1979. And Tootsie, 1982. I don't recall seeing Death of a Salesman. That's not exactly a, a happy ending, feel-good movie. All right, so I didn't go see it. Didn't see Ishtar in 87 either, but we did see Rain Man 
where he was with good old, what's his name? I'll never forget him. Tom Cruise. Uh, we enjoyed that movie. I still, I still think about that. Dustin played the autistic brother to Tom Cruise's younger person. And about that time, 88 or so, 89, 90, I, I, I can't explain this, but I just stopped liking movies. I, I didn't enjoy going to see the movies. I didn't like sitting down to watch the movies. And to this day, that hasn't changed. I, I'm still not inclined to sit down, lay on the couch or go to a movie and go, go to a theater and see a movie. I just, I'm just not. I'll watch YouTube till all hours of the night, but watch a movie? Nope, not going to happen. I can't explain it. That's just the way I am. All right, let's take a question quickly, and then we'll wrap it up. This is from the interesting questions list that I found a little while ago, and we're down to number five. And the question is, if you suddenly had powers of invisibility, what would you use them for? which really should be for what would you use them, but we won't argue that. I don't think I would use it. I don't see any upside to being invisible. I mean, I feel pretty invisible right now. I keep a pretty low profile. I've got a podcast that has, according to Anchor.fm, I have an estimated audience of six. <laughs> so that's pretty invisible. I don't do anything to draw attention to myself. So nah, I don't want to be invisible. I just want to be where I am. I, I sure don't want to lurk and find secrets and get information that maybe I just wouldn't have because then I've got it. What am I going to do with it? I would might have a responsibility to act on it. I don't want to do that. I have a hard enough time acting on the information that I'm supposed to have, much less the information that I'm not supposed to have. So the answer to the question is I wouldn't use the power of invisibility, at least that's my thinking right now. Ask me again next year. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. There, I have stuck a fork in it because it's done. We're wrapped up. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. And thank you for listening.